You're listening to Artist Talk. I'm your host, Mercedes Rich, and we'll interview Christian artists and talk about their music, life, testimony, and faith. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy today's episode of Artist Talk. Hi, how are you? Good, how you doing? Good. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into Artist Talk. We've got our special guest, Luke O'Neill, today. Hey, Luke, how's it going? Good. How's it doing? Awesome. Awesome. So, you know, you want to start with like telling your testimony and how God led you into pursuing this? Most of the time you hear the typical testimony of growing up in church all your life, but mine's a little bit different. Like, of course, like I said, yeah, I've grown up in Christian school, grown up in church. My parents, they always did music stuff. Like my parents used to sing in the nursing homes. And I think my dad was a music director at one point at church. And so I was always around God and music and all that. But when I was younger, I really, honestly, I didn't like you know, singing or anything like that. I remember going to church one night and the guy gave his testimony of how he'd been to church you know, all his life and he wasn't saved. And that night I saw a few of my friends who I thought were saved, they got saved. I remember just realizing like, hey, maybe I've never actually personally, you know, got a relationship with God. My pastor came literally to my room like right here and he led me to the Lord there. And at first I really didn't think about music as much. It wasn't my first thought of career or anything. I didn't really know what I was going to do until I remember in middle school, we had a lot of like programs that were you know, like art show and spring concerts and things, but it was always like children's music. And I remember when I was around like 12, I was kind of just tired of always doing the, the children's songs, the children's soundtrack. And I was like, well, maybe I should pick up a guitar and try. So then I picked up a guitar, didn't really get into it because, you know, patience is definitely needed when you first start guitar. When a year goes by, I finally pick it back up, start learning the basic chords. I think I started music right when I graduated middle school. Like it was the last, like my graduation from middle school, played two songs, played the Overcome by Jeremy Camp and played By Your Side by 10th Avenue North. Going into high school, I was definitely like, I got to go to a school that has a worship team. So that was like key factor. And then from there, just you know, started writing songs and, you know, they weren't really good when I was 14 or anything but when I got to like 16 I started really just you know digging deeper into rhyming and writing songs and that's how a couple of my songs have come now yeah absolutely so like what do you want people to mostly get out of your music like what is your main goal for each of your songs that you release I mean each of my like I guess I'd kind of take it by album in a way because I'm working on the first album now which is kind of directed more towards around my age and younger all my life I've seen just many girls who were struggling with depression and anxiety. One of my close friends, she's struggling with it now, and I've written a song specifically for her about that. I guess one of the big things right now is the younger generation, seeing them like they've cut themselves and they've put themselves through pain and physical pain and mental pain. And I just pray that like the songs I've written, that they kind of just, you know, touch the heart and make them realize that Jesus took scars so you wouldn't have to. Yeah, absolutely. So that one you were talking about, is that Miracle? That is one of them, yeah. Gotcha. That one is really good. Like, the vocals on it are amazing, but the lyrics definitely just speak volume. So many different things. So kind of walk me through the thought process, like, kind of a little bit more expanding on kind of what you're talking about on that song. In uh, So in Miracle, I like, all, since I was 13, like I said, I started writing songs, but it was, like, they were not really good, in my opinion. <laughs> I always wanted to have a song that just kind of talked about self-worth because since I was 13, that's when I would see, you know, girls cut themselves and hate themselves and this and that. So I was always trying to find the words. And then I remember the back in high school, I was in a relationship at the time and the girl kind of, she really felt worthless. Even at the time her 
family kind of made her feel that way too. And I remember just in a moment, just texting her, you're not a mistake, you're a miracle. Open your eyes, you'll see you're beautiful. And like, when I saw, like, as a songwriter, you see things like that. And you're just like, I gotta go write that down right back. So that was like, when that text came out, I was like, wow. Yeah, I wrote that. I wrote the chorus. And then months later, she had a friend kind of going through the same thing. And then after that, it's just the rest of the song kind of fell into place. Like, I don't 100% have like a specific story of how both the stories of the verse kind of came. But the first verse, I just knew that like, you know, she's a new girl in school and no one talks to. and Because I've seen that with people in that kind of way. And then the second verse about the man at the interview, I guess that was kind of me at a time when I was looking for a career, not knowing where to go. Then it just kind of all fell into place with the song. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it definitely speaks to different people in different times, specifically with those two different verses that you've got, you know, and then the chorus just kind of brings them all together. So I think it's a really cool, really cool culmination of a kind of a couple different ideas. So then Scar and Anna is your other one that you've released recently. And that one was an Easter song, right? Yep. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so when did you write that one? Funny enough, I wrote it the night before Easter last year. And, um, I was supposed to sing at my church. I was going to sing the song This Man by Jeremy Camp because I still believe just came out and the way that uh, KJ Appa sang it, I just really loved it. And I wanted to do that for Easter. And so then Saturday night comes around nine o'clock. And I, I don't know what it was. I just like I hummed a random. And the weird thing is like it's, the melody is just like so cool of how it goes. And it just kind of all of a sudden just came out. And I started writing words to it. And I was like, hmm, like. I texted my pastor. I'm like, hey, instead of doing uh, that song I told you, can I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of writing one. Can I do that instead? He's like, yeah, send me lyrics. I'm like, all right, give me like an hour or two. Because <laughs> I didn't even finish the song yet. And I ended up emailing him the lyrics at like 11 o'clock at night. I'm like, okay, here's the song. <laughs> so he doesn't really 100% know what's about to, you know, come up at church until the morning of. I sang it that morning for the first time after like literally a day after writing it, which was kind of rough doing, but <laughs> it ended up being my church's favorite song that I've written. Well, yeah, it definitely turned out well because it it sounds amazing. You know, it's got it's got the true intent of the message of the scripture and you know what Easter is all about, and it's got that driving beat behind it too. So it, it definitely worked out for you. <laughs> My favorites to uh, to sing and stuff because you know a lot there's some songs where I have they're really slow and they're peaceful, and then like with this song you can't help but just like shout it because it's the whole story. And then when it gets to that second verse where it gets to that. Uh, the last line when they found out in three more days that he's going to rise again. And it just gives you like chills, like, because then that's the end of the whole story. The first verse goes through all that happened before. And then the chorus is like during the crucifixion. And then second verse is, you know, the rest of it. And then you get to the bridge and it just talks about like, all right, here's your application part. Like, did you know that there's nothing you can do? That can, there's nothing that can separate you from the love of God because what he did on Calvary will always be enough for you. And it just goes back to the chorus for like a reminder, like, hey, this is what he did for you. So when you think to count all your failures and all your your sin, and it just reminds you of that grace, because I know that in my life, I always put myself as in that story with the, um, where Jesus stepped in front of the Pharisees and they were about to stone the lady on the ground. And I was talking to a buddy of mine last night about it. And he always like looked at the part where the Pharisees, like, don't judge people and stuff like that. But I always put myself as the girl on the ground, like who Jesus had to step in front of because I struggled with something. And that, um, that was really hard for me to overcome. And sometimes I still do. And I always, you know, I never wanted to tell anybody about it because I was afraid that they were going to stone me. But I got to the point where it was like, Jesus would stand in front of me and take all those stones while they're being thrown if he had to. And, uh, so that's just kind of, 
off topic, but not off topic at the same time. But yeah. Yeah, no, that that's really cool. You know, and it's really cool to hear those kinds of stories and, you know, be able to, to hear that and share those things, you know, and share what God's done in your life. So no, that's really cool. Um, is there a certain lyric from that song or any song that you've written, like even the ones, you know, you said you wrote in like middle school and stuff that you have like a favorite lyric that just has stuck with you? I mean, cause I'm still writing a lot of new songs. I haven't released, in my opinion, they keep, there'll be some songs that I write that I'm like, eh, we'll, we'll, we'll leave that one alone. And then there's, then there's somewhere I've written that I look back on. And then there's ones that I've been writing now where it's like, I don't even get a song. I just get one line. I'm like, what do I do with that line? I like that line, but I don't know what to do with it. I think one of the lines of my song that I'm actually, don't tell nobody, might be releasing in July. There is a song that I wrote, one line always helps me when I'm feeling like, you know, broken. I feel like everything's out of control because I'm kind of a control freak. Like if I see something going a different way, I want it to go the way that I planned it. But You know, that never happens in life. <laughs> but in the chorus of my song, I wrote called Every Tear. It goes... When the darkness rises and I feel alone, I will hold to him who sits on the throne. Like every time I sing, I'm probably, <laughs> every time I like sing that and um, even sometimes I'll throw it in like a worship set and I'll get to that one part and it's just like, I like I feel free. Like I let go of my burdens. Like when everything feels like it's falling apart, that line helps me realize, no, everything's falling into place. And it's like, I need that daily reminder that like I can hold to you who sits, like you're sitting on the throne and I can hold to you. Because honestly, if we look around, nothing's in anybody's control anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so yeah, just that line, and yeah, it definitely gets to me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I think that's that's really cool and really important to be able to have something like that that can just remind you, hey, you know, God's in control. Because you know, there's so many things going on in the world, you know, with so many different things, and so being able to remember okay, you know, God, you've got this, you know, help me to remember that. Um, so yeah, I think, I think that's, that's really cool, but that sounds like a really good line. And I'm, I'm really excited for that song when you do release it. So the technical side of me is really curious. Um, what kind of like setup do you use for like producing and creating your music and everything? So you mean like recording or do you just mean like the songwriting process? All of it. Like, do you have like, do you produce your own music or do you have someone else do it? I do go to a recording studio in Virginia Beach called uh, Soul Haven Studios. And uh, like what I do is I'll write a song. If I deem it worthy of recording, I will, you know, play it over and over again in my room. And uh, like, because when I write songs, it's like kind of like, like for some people, they write the melody first. Some people write the lyrics first, but I kind of do both. When I hear a melody, I'll put words to the melody all at once. So it's like when I get a melody that I like enough. Sometimes like I won't even have a full melody or full song written. I'll just like, I'll have a chorus that'll sound cool to me and I'll write, you know, some words and put chords above it and play along until I find it, you know, sounding good. And then the verses for me, that's just the hard part because you know, the chorus is like catchy. So of course you can easy, of course you can really easily write like a catchy chorus, but then when you get to the verses, it's like, okay, these have to sound, they can either sound like the chorus or they can be something completely different. And that's when the decision making there, but then go to the recording studio after you get all that together you know you hold on to it set it to release whenever and then you know there is so much music out there you know especially within like the christian music realm you know there's so many different genres just so much out there so how does your music stand out among others yeah i ask myself that a lot <laughs> but um it's one of the big things is that there are a lot of topics that you don't hear about on christian radio on tv christian tv a lot of preachers don't preach about different topics and 
like yeah I definitely ask myself that a lot because you know I'm just like I feel like I see all these independent artists that are you know they're making music and they have a little more experience than me more you know equipment like I ask myself like yeah what's what's the difference between me and them and I guess like for one there really isn't it's just the only thing about you know my songs is I know like God has a specific song that he wants me to write that he'll give someone else a specific song for them to write and my song will reach you know this group of people while their song might reach this group of people and then when we collab or meet then both of our music goes to you know more people and more people so it's really just there's nothing really that from me stands out you know as long as I let Jesus stand out then everything else like my music will go as far as it needs to yeah absolutely and I think that's how we can live all of our lives in every aspect as long as Jesus stands up that's what matters but yeah he has he has a song for you all the songs that he gives you you know he gives you specifically and and he gives all the other artists their their songs and and so I think that's that's really powerful um what song is on repeat on your playlist currently definitely Gyra by Maverick City and Elevation like I remember people were building it up for a little bit and I was like it's like this is just me like it's 10 minutes I don't know if I can sit I can definitely sit through that song and on repeat for about an hour now so it's just like with that song it goes to it's I've never heard a song that has like like two bridges when it gets to them I'm just like man like it's not over like it keeps going and it's like so good it's just like what I need to hear like the word gyra means like you know provider and so it says gyra you are enough so it's like it's, it's like clarification, like, look, this is his name. This is why it's his name. And then it gets to those, those parts that really just get you where it's like, if he dresses the lilies, and it's just quoting scripture. So I guess that's one reason I really love that song. Like, when you hear scripture in a song, you can't get away from it. And it's like, if he dresses the lilies with beauty and splendor, then how much more will he clothe you? And if he watches the sparrow, how much more will he love you? And we forget that sometimes. So like with that song, it's just every time I hear it, it just you know brings me to tears. Like, and just, I, I lose my voice while I'm singing it and kind of thing. Yeah, that's sometimes the best, the best worship is when you're not necessarily typically worshiping. I guess it's what I'm, you're worshiping different, you know, because God's working in your life through that. So yeah, I think that's really cool. I don't know that I've actually heard that one. I haven't heard a whole lot of Maverick City stuff. Came out like a couple of weeks ago, I think. Oh, okay, okay. So I'll definitely have to pull that up because that sounds really cool. I love it whenever artists use like word for word scripture. Um, sometimes, you know, you, you do it a little bit differently, but then sometimes, you know, they release those and it's really, really cool. So I really like that too. When it comes to like musical influences, who would you say are your um, influences that way? So, I mean, of course, like my dad, he, you know, he used to do the, the nursing home thing and He's the one that really put the chords together and stuff. And then my middle school principal, he, you know, taught me how to play. So those are definitely big influence. But then there's, you know, the artists who I would love to really do stuff with who have helped me just, but I got, cause I've talked to some Christian artists that you would know, like I've taught the Matthew West before. And I remember back five, yeah, five years ago, he had, you know, Winter Jam, the concert that used to come every year. They came to Norfolk Scope and uh, it was packed out there were no seats available so I was literally just standing like on the ground inside yeah. and my he had brought a sign so I like held it up and he you know came down and he pulled me up on stage like he does with some people that was like a big turning point for me wanting to do music even more yeah I got to meet him and you know go backstage and all that another time I met Micah Tyler back when he came down to Virginia Beach I was telling him like I'm just starting the music and stuff and yeah I'm trying and 
he was telling me, just keep at it, man. And he taught me how to play one of his songs, uh, If She Only Knew, which is, it's not on radio, but it's a really good one to check out. He like wrote down the chords and all that. And he just, you know, then I met him like again, months later, he remembered me and stuff. And it was just, you know, he's definitely one. And then one more last year around, around this time, right before the pandemic, I went to Winter Jam in Greensboro, North Carolina when, with my buddy Raymond, who he works with, I don't know if you've heard of the new hip hop artist, not kind of, kind of new, Zanti. Uh, yes, I heard of him. Yeah, he's been doing stuff with him and I got to go down with him. Zanti literally let us come with him and just all access pass through Winter Jam so I could go wherever I wanted through the whole stadium and just, you know, chill with anybody, anywhere I could walk up to the front of the stage and stand there just cause. And um, I remember... I was in a relationship at the time where I felt, you know, just hurt and it was, it was holding me back in a lot of ways. I remember Zanti not knowing me at all, just looked me dead in the eye while we were sitting at the table and he said, be who God created you to be and you attract the right people. And from then, that's when I literally started music, like right after that, released this, like worked on a song in the studio, got on radio. So Zanti is definitely one of the biggest. Yeah, absolutely. That's really cool. It's a really cool experience to be able to you know, experience those things and just have those conversations with other artists. I can definitely say whenever I heard Scar and Nail, or every Scar and Nail, whenever I was listening to that one, I was like, oh my gosh, this guy would be like such a cool collab with Casting Grounds. Right. <laughs> I think I've heard that one time too. <laughs> <laughs> that that would be pretty cool. But yeah, yeah I agree. <laughs> Mark Hall, where are you at? <laughs> right. Listening. Right. <laughs> What's the best memory you have as an artist? As an artist on it, like, this might sound a little actually if I really have to say it, it'd probably be recently. One of my like one of the best things is when you write a song and you know that it's gonna be good. Because sometimes, you know, you're like like I said, I'll write a song and be like, Yeah, hey, that one's not that. I'm gonna leave that one. Because recently uh, I was talking to somebody I'm really close with. She had you know, tried to uh, overdose. Like we're really close and it really hit hard for me. Like this is very recent, so this is it's still fresh. Um I think one of my, it doesn't sound like it's my you know best moment as an artist, but bear with me. I remember, you know, she told me the next night we were on FaceTime, we were talking and for one, I was just, I was so hurt over that. And cause you know, we were really close. I was talking to her and she knows my music. She's actually even sang with me at one of my concerts. So that's also a really good memory. I, I was talking to her and I was like, you know, like I have my songs like Miracle and I have every tear and you know, all these other songs that, you know, they encourage you and all these things. And I don't have one that's just directly for you. And I really want one. And we were talking about that. And so then, you know, we talked a little longer, hung up the phone and it's like 11 o'clock at night at this point. And so I'm just sitting there and I'm like, you know, just talking to her or texting a little bit you know, and say goodnight. And I pulled out my songbook and I just started writing. I'm like, because in her life, she said that she'd never felt like she was first in a lot of people's lives and that should have put her first. I just started writing the story of, you know, what she had told me, started writing, you know, how she felt, you know, what, what went down. And cause she's a songwriter too. And she wrote a song called how she felt never first. And then I was like, well, let me write a song. And I didn't even mean to do this, but I ended up writing a song about her and the whole scenario and called it always first. I don't know when this is going to release. I don't know if I'll even like sing this a lot because it's not even, you know, 100% a Christian song, but it's, you know, it has a Christian message to it. My favorite moment is really just writing that song and being able to, I went over to her house like a few days later and I sang that song to her. And that is definitely one of my favorite 
moments as just like a songwriter being able to just write that song in an hour go over and just sing it to her and tell her like hey like i know that you feel hurt and this but like i got you right yeah absolutely that is that's so cool like i i got that was awesome that that's a really cool thing to be able to do and and to be able to help help those who are close to you with the with the words of of songs so that's really awesome how do you feel that you've made an impact on Christian music or how do you want or feel called to make an impact? One of my biggest things is uh, back when I first started, people did question like, how do you know that, you know, this is what you're supposed to do? Like, it doesn't seem like it's going far right now. I'm like, well, yeah, cause I just started. Like, but because <laughs> I always look for, you know, the right career, the right way to, you know, because one of my biggest things I want to provide for a family one day. I really do want that. It's my biggest desire to have a family one day. And so I like, questioned, like, man, I don't know, like, hope I can, you know, do this and still, you know, be able to do that. You know, I tried searching for different careers. I tried, uh, you know, seeing, like, what kind of job I could have. And I remember I would always be taken back to that verse in John where Jesus is talking to his disciples and his disciples respond with, Lord, you have the way to return life. So where else are we going to go? So I always kind of take that verse, like, I got nowhere else to go. Like, if I don't do this, then I'm not going to be able to do anything else. So with music and like I've been given a gift to be able to play guitar and songwrite and sing why would I shut that out for something else and uh so I always just think back to that verse like where else are we going to go like where else am I going to go yeah yeah for sure I I struggled with a long time on it if I was going to ask that question for for a couple different artists and I'm like I I feel that all artists can make an impact on someone but I feel like it's really interesting to hear how you know you feel that you've made an impact and so I think that's really cool what takeaway from your music is most important for your listeners? Uh, honestly, I guess like what I hope when someone hears like my songs, because I can write a span of encouraging songs that, you know, they talk about certain topics and then I can write a worship song over here. I really just hope like throughout all my songs, you at least see Jesus uh, in one of them. Like you see that he does love you, even when you do feel broken. Or even when you're on the mountaintop and you think you don't need them, I feel I, like I pray that my songs tell you like, hey, even if you are, you know, on the mountaintop and everything's going good, you still need them. Because just like that, you can be right down the valley and that can happen out of nowhere. And then you won't know where to turn because, you know, you weren't focused on them or you didn't, you know, you didn't think you needed them while you were up there. So I guess uh, so my biggest thing is I hope that, you know, when you listen to songs like Miracle, you realize that, you know, you're worth more than you know. And then, uh, like, even Scar and Nail, like, Scar and Nail is the story of why you're worth more than you know. Basically, that you'll never be alone. Like, I guess, yeah, my biggest, like, to sum up all the songs that I'm probably going to write is the fact that you're never going to be alone. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's a, a great message. Yeah, no matter how lonely you might feel earthly, you know, you always have that heavenly father that's always there, you know, and you can always run to him. He's always there waiting for us. Um, so I think that's a really cool message to be able to have with all of your music. So the last question that I ask every artist that I interview, what is your favorite movie and why? My favorite movie? Right now, it's probably I Still Believe, I'll be honest. <laughs> I meant like, because that's probably the only movie that, okay, actually it came out right when the pandemic hit and I literally was planning to go see that movie in theater and then that was the day it shut down. I was like, so then we rented it on TV like twice. <laughs> I went and bought the movie. Something happened to where I lost the movie. So I bought it again or I got it again. <laughs> but uh, I guess just uh, one reason, like, there's a few reasons. One reason it's my favorite movie is because 
I'm into the kind of romance stories. I do kind of like that stuff a little bit. <laughs> and uh, like, I knew what had happened with uh, Jeremy Camp and his wife. Like I knew his story a little bit Two, It's him becoming a songwriter, kind of like where I'm at. Like I relate to that. And then, then just, uh, just the message of, you know, hope even after everything falls apart. I saw it the day that like they said we were like coming back after spring break. I had already bought a ticket to go see it. And so I still drove to Springfield and went and saw it anyways. But I also bought it. But yeah, that's really cool. It is a really good movie. And and I, and I absolutely love it. So that's, that's, that's a good answer. I haven't gotten that one yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is there anything else that you want my listeners to know? Or is there any way that my listeners and I can pray for you? Definitely. I have a lot of, uh, definitely need prayer. There's a lot of decisions involving like um, just church ministries that working on. And then there's uh, just some, the unspokens I've been praying for for a few months now. Definitely pray for my friend who you know, I was talking about. I wrote that song about just that she's doing okay and everything goes well for her. Yeah, that's really it. I got music uh, coming out soon. Like I just, I know, I know I just released one, but still got tons of songs I've written. I'm already working on two more in the studio. Wow. Got one releasing probably July, June or July. Yeah, working on this, trying to get the album out by fall. Just a uh, you know, stay tuned. You can follow me on Instagram or. Facebook, Luke O'Neill Music, so you can keep up because I you know, pray my music really does touch the hearts of those who feel broken. Uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning into the latest episode of Artist Talk featuring Luke O'Neill. And head on over to readtransformmedia.com to stay up to date with the latest news in Christian music.